0: Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork. Today's podcast is about the descendants of two brothers named Joseph and Hiram. It is intended particularly for those of my faith, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but anyone is welcome to listen. The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints was officially organized on April 6, 1830. At that small meeting, Joseph Smith was sustained as a prophet and apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. It was only 14 short years later, on June 27th of 1844, that the prophet Joseph Smith and his brother Hiram were martyred in Carthage jail. The enemies of the church thought that killing the prophet and his brother would put an end to the church, but when that didn't happen, they continued to persecute the saints and drove them out of Nauvoo. Most of the saints migrated west to the Salt Lake Valley for safety, but some chose to stay behind in Nauvoo. The two widows of Joseph and Hiram made different choices at this point. Hiram's widow, Mary Fielding Smith, chose to move west with the main body of saints, but Joseph's widow, Emma Smith, chose to stay in Nauvoo. Some people have judged and condemned Emma for her decision to stay behind, but they forget the many trials that she had already endured, including mobs, persecution, being driven from her home, the many babies she lost, and the murder of her husband. I believe that if you walked a mile in her shoes, you would be filled with compassion rather than condemnation. However, there is no denying that this one choice that these two women made have had consequences that have affected generations. The descendants of Hiram Smith have played significant roles in The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hiram and Mary's son, Joseph F. Smith, served as president of the church from 1901 to 1918, and his grandson, Joseph Fielding Smith, also served as president of the church from 1970 to 1972. M. Russell Ballard, the current acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, is also a direct descendant of Hiram Smith. It is estimated that 6,000 of Hiram's descendants have served full-time missions, and there are an estimated 31,000 living descendants of Hiram Smith today, many of whom are active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All of this is a result of one decision made by one woman, Mary Fielding Smith, who chose to cross the plains with a covered wagon and bring her family out west to be with the saints in the Salt Lake Valley. But where are the descendants of Joseph Smith? Whatever happened to them? Are there any descendants of the prophet Joseph Smith that belong to the church that he founded? For over 100 years, the answer to that question would be no. But today, there are a few. Gracia Jones, a great-great-granddaughter of Joseph Smith, joined the church in 1956. At the time of her baptism, she was the only descendant of Joseph Smith who belonged to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. In 1973, another descendant of Joseph Smith, named Michael Kennedy, was baptized. Michael became the first descendant of Joseph Smith to receive the Melchizedek Priesthood. At the request of President Gordon B. Hinckley, Michael began an organization called the Joseph Smith Jr. Family Organization in 1985. He also leads the Joseph Smith Jr. and Emma Hale Smith Historical Society. Both Gracia and Michael have been working hard to find the other descendants of Joseph Smith. Because of persecution years ago, many of Joseph's descendants had been told never to let anyone know that they were related to Joseph Smith, and many had migrated to Australia. The bicentennial year of Joseph Smith's birth, which was 2005, provided an excellent opportunity to invite all of Joseph Smith's descendants to Salt Lake City for a reunion. 159 members of Joseph Smith's family came from around the world to attend the celebration. Michael Kennedy felt inspired that rather than having the guests stay at hotels, they should stay in the homes of their distant cousins. So certain members of Hiram's family were invited to host visitors who were members of Joseph's family. Today, I'm delighted to have with me special guests John and Gwen Smith. John and Gwen were one of the couples invited to serve as hosts for their distant cousins, and they have a special story to share. John is a great-grandson of Hiram Smith and one of the few remaining living grandchildren of the Prophet Joseph F. Smith. John and Gwen are wonderful, special people, and I should know, because they are my parents. Mom and Dad, thank you so much for being willing to share this special story with us today. Would you tell us about how they approached you and what that was like?
1: Well, we had wanted to host the Joseph Smith family always. We always wanted to be a part of their lives Our niece, Jackie Cook, asked us, and when she came to us and asked if we wanted to be a part of this, we said yes, yes, yes. We wanted to host some of them. So we were given two descendants, Robert W. Smith and Kim Larson, his niece. Now, they lived in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, we were thrilled to have them come. We called him and let him know that we were happy to have them come and wanted to get acquainted over the phone. And he said, well, you may not want me to come because I smoke. (laughs) And we said, well, that's okay. You can smoke out on the deck and we'll get a can for you so that you can put your ashes in it. It'll be just fine. Now he teases me, since then, that it was a tuna can. <laughs> and he was a heavy smoker, chain smoker. And he thought he ought to have a gallon can. So, <laughs> That's a cute story. <laughs> so that, that was that. And then was the wonderful time when they came and John can tell that.
2: And when they arrived at the airport, the first time
1: I saw Bob,
2: I was so overcome by the spirit. I've never experienced that before, but I loved him intensely, immediately, just in that in that moment I first saw him. And... He, And I still love him. That was the key to our whole experience with him all the time we were together. And uh, we really loved Bob.
0: So as part of this reunion, there were several activities planned. And one was a, a very special bicentennial memorial commemoration that was at BYU at the Marriott Center. And some really
1: awesome things took place there. The Joseph Smith family were to sit together there in the Marriott Center while the spectacular 200th anniversary program was given. And they were singing and dancing and it was all about Joseph Smith. And so we sat in a little different area, but when they started the program, they asked the descendants of Joseph Smith to stand. And when they stood, the whole congregation, stood up and gave them a standing ovation, and it brought tears to his eyes. He had never cried in his life, very seldom. And so this was touching. And then when they talked about Joseph Smith, it was amazing because He knew about Joseph Smith, but the church that he belonged to was the RLDS Church. And then they went over to the uh, Community of Christ and they denounced Joseph Smith as a prophet and also the Book of Mormon. So when he heard this, he was so touched at being able to see this church who believed this, just as he did. And so he was, like I said, he was so overcome that when we came home, he stayed up all night because he knew that he had found the truth, but what was he to do? Could he leave his family and the teachings that he'd been given and join the church it was he was in turmoil absolute turmoil as to what to do
2: the next day was sunday and we were invited to go to the to the latter day saint conference center to listen to the spoken word we were seated right up close and many many tourists were, they, they filled the hall, but we were setting up in front with the Joseph Smith Jr. family. They had a special place. And after that wonderful program, all of the other people left and we stayed there with the Joseph Smith Jr. family and they sang two more songs for us. and. One of them was Joseph Smith's first prayer and Bob shed tears. He was so overcome. I think the other one was praise to the man that communed with Jehovah and this really touched him very much.
1: When we came home he loved to sing. So we had a hymn book and I played the piano so he sang How Great Thou Art, he loved that song, and he just sang it right out. And then there were others, and he looked through, and he saw that Joseph Smith's first prayer was in that book. And I said, would you like the book, this hymn book? And he said, yes. So we gave him the hymn book. And uh, that night, John had shown Kim, the quadruple combination that we had of scriptures because she seemed so interested.
2: And I gave Kim
1: the quad. Now we never knew that Bob was interested and so he was out on the deck and I asked him I says would you like a Book of Mormon? And he said no I've got three already. And so I left that at that and didn't say any more. We never pushed the gospel on him. And they went home.
2: For several months went went by. He had missionaries knocked on his door. He welcomed them in. And they saw on the table a Latter-day Saint hymn book. And also there was a picture of of the Prophet Joseph Smith on the top of a book. And they said, well, are you a member of the church? And he says, no. And he spent that whole rest of the day having conversation with these elders. Then, as it turned out, he was continually taught from that point on. He's taught by the, the elders that were in, where he lived. But that wasn't enough. His boss had him assigned to two elders in the boss's home area, and he was getting four elders teaching <laughs> him. And he, he believed what they said. He, he knew it was true. But he had a problem. His problem was, why did Brigham Young leave Emma with her family, and how would Emma feel if I joined the church? And so anyways, a little later, he was, uh, he was a car salesman, and he was driving this fairly late model car, and he was listening to a, a gospel song on the radio, just really a joy in that. And all of a sudden, the radio stopped. It was just quiet. He banged on it and got upset and it was quiet for a little while. And then he heard a voice. It was a woman's voice. And he knew it was Emma Smith. And she said, Robert, follow your heart. I didn't go west because I was too tired to go any further. And then the radio continued to play. So he knew he had his answer and
1: was going to get baptized. And so he called us. And he said, you know, ever since I've left your place, I've been in an uproar with myself. And everything is turned upside down, he said. We said, why? And he said, well, I'm gonna be baptized in the church. (laughs) Oh, we thought, my gosh, wow, this is marvelous. And it's like we said, you know, we just almost went through the ceiling because we were so happy about this. And of course the thought was, can he really stop smoking, (laughs) being a chain smoker? but he did he stopped maybe he slipped a few times but he stopped that heavy smoking and so we said well when are you going to be baptized and he he said i don't know yet but i'll let you know and we said we want to be there we want to be there when you get baptized so let us know and so he did He called and let us know when it would be, and we drove there to Omaha, Nebraska, where he lived. And he wanted me to play the piano while he sang a song for the program as well, as he was gonna be baptized. And John, what were you asked to do?
2: Well, I I was asked to give a talk on baptism, and then uh, I took part when we you the know, gift of the Holy Ghost, and this is the first time the descendant of Hiram Smith and the descendant of Joseph Smith had taken part together in an, a, a gospel ordinance.
1: So the next day, we were about to go home. We looked around the temple there at Winter Quarters. And we said, now we'll be back when you go through the temple in a year. And he said, okay. So in a year, he called us and invited us to the second Joseph Smith Jr. reunion, which was held that year. And then he was gonna go through the temple, the Nauvoo temple. He wanted the Nauvoo because that was Joseph's temple. And so, this is the plan. And we followed the uh, Joseph Smiths. They started at Independence, and then they went up to uh, the, the Liberty Jail, and then on up into Far West. Now, at Far West was a little store, and we found there a statue of Joseph and Hiram. Now it's a miracle that they would have that because they weren't that big of a place. But we bought that because we had one ourselves and Bob had seen it in our home and he admired it. So when we saw that at the store, we bought it. And the plan was to give it to him when he got his endowment, after his endowments, and then we would give it to him. And he was looking forward to that. So on the steps of the temple, John was able to give him this statue. And we have a picture of he and John standing together as representing Joseph and Hiram at that ordinance.
0: So there were a couple of other beautiful miracles that I know you wanted to mention. And one was the, the reuniting of Bob with his daughter. They'd been estranged for many, many years, and they were able to be a part of uh, helping to heal some of that that breach and, and get them to be able to, to speak together, which was a beautiful thing. And then another beautiful story was um, when Bob went through the temple and was sealed to his parents, and um, some wonderful things happened there.
2: I'm gonna quote what Bob said. He said, uh, there was a row of seats that had been left empty in the sealing room. The other seats were filled. And he says, I cannot say for sure what I felt or if what I, if what I felt was real, but the presence in my room was supernatural. I was kneeling with my father, and my mother, and my sister. The seats that had been empty before were filled with my grandparents, my great-grandparents, and my great-great-grandparents, and my great-great-great-grandparents. The compassion I felt was completely overpowering. What a miracle.
1: Joseph Smith was his great, great grandfather. That
2: is correct.
0: Thank you so much for sharing this beautiful story and for being a part of this beautiful story. Bob Smith passed away in 2018, but he has touched the lives of my parents forever. They consider the experiences that they share together to be a highlight of their lives. In closing, I'd like to share a quote found in Joseph Smith History, chapter 1, verse 39. And he shall plant in the hearts of the children the promises made to the fathers, and the hearts of the children shall turn to their fathers. Today, I hope that my heart and your heart will be turned to our fathers, our mothers, our sisters, our brothers, and our cousins. See you next time on Linda's Corner.